What is up, guys? Welcome back to the SUP World Show. If it's your first time listening, thanks for coming in. We try to provide valuable resources, information, and just overall good conversation between myself and my co-host Jeff McInerney and Jordan Shaw, which is not here yet. He may be joining us soon. But a very special announcement. This is our very first guest on today's podcast. We have former Supplement World staff member and current gym owner, Peyton Yandel. Oh, yeah. Am I, am I a former or current? Still are, I guess, on the payroll, actually. You're still you, in our system I, I, and everything. Yeah. You definitely helped us out in Black Friday last year. <laughs> Loved it. So how long were you with us? About five years. Five, and then it was thought. like a year and a half of complete nutrition before that. So yeah. I think it was 2016 whenever I came on. So you were kind of up and down. I mean, you were full-time at some points. You were part-time at some points. And you've always been very into fitness. I mean, ever since I've known you. I mean, so how old are you now? 26. 26. So when you started Supplement World, you would have been... I think he's 20. About 20. Yeah, 20, 21, somewhere in there. Right. So even when you first came on at 20, 21 years old, you were always just super shredded and jacked. I mean, I remember looking at you thinking like, damn, this kid's young and he's got a killer body. So you've always been really into fitness, obviously, and kind of in the industry. I know you've done a lot of CrossFit stuff and that's transitioned into, you know, you worked in the supplement industry for a while with us and now you got a gym going. So where did that passion and kind of love for fitness begin? Uh, I would say in high school, being sports related. I played a ton of sports. I grew up in a tiny, tiny town, a school, one A school, said 14 kids in my class graduating. Yeah. I played eight man football. Absolutely loved it. Very good at it. Unfortunately, the end of my junior year and then the beginning of my senior year, I had two pretty pretty devastating in- injuries from breaking my leg, tearing my ACL at the beginning of my senior year. So really ruined any hopes of me wanting to go to college and play sports at that point. And then basically from there, my stepdad actually, I would say is the one who got me into working out like legitimately, not just for sports. He was always real big into it, um, managed gyms, personal training, everything like that. And then as soon as I kind of made the decision not to play college football, I kind of transitioned my focus of, like, what did I want to do to further my career, essentially. Um, I originally didn't want to go to college. I told my mom, I think I got my first personal training certification whenever I was 18. Um, I did it while I was in high school still. And I told my mom, I was like, I don't really want to go to college. How did that go, by the way? Because when I said I didn't want to go to college, that was a big deal 25 years ago. She was, you know – on edge about it. I, my right. mom, I mean, she has an, only an associate's degree. So she was just like, just go get an associate's degree, please. And then my sister, she went to school and got a full year, full, full ride, four year scholarship to a uh, local school there. So, you know, I was living up to a lot of expectations there, but she was like, will you please just go get your associate's degree? You can get the next science degree. It'll be very similar to what you want to study. And then I think it was a trap. I mean, when you're halfway done with a bachelor's degree, I was like, I might as well just go finish it. So I went ahead and just finished it. Um, I went all online, so that made it pretty easy for me. And then that was basically around the time that I'd start with you guys, essentially. So how did that, how did you get started with this? With you guys was, I originally knew former employees and then current employees like Jordan um, working at Complete Nutrition. I knew them from shopping at Complete Nutrition. So whenever I moved up here to Wichita, they actually helped me get a job with them. Um, and then whenever they transitioned over with you guys, we made that transition shortly after. I think I was one of the last people that actually you were. pulled. I, I was know. wondering, like, were you kind of on the fence with that? Or was this like, a, well, I'll just wait and see type of thing? I think it was more of the, I was still kind of a newbie with working at Complete Nutrition. I didn't work there a whole lot. I was a young kid. Um, so I think luckily, you know, they pulled me over and was like, hey, 
you know, we can see a future with you. You're good at, you know, this, you have a passion for it. So we do want you to come on and come over with you, with us. And that's basically where it started. So, so did you ever consider like a career in the supplement industry or did you always kind of know you're going to grow beyond that and do something else, but wanted to stay in fitness? I would say at the beginning I did. Um, I liked the, the way your guys' growth was whenever I first got on. I mean, you guys had just opened up the, the first Oklahoma right, City so store. so we had three stores at the time. Yeah, yeah, and then we were still out in Andover, and then you guys had started with uh, the East store. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was always that possibility. But in the back of my head, like, I always wanted to open up a gym. I think whenever I came in, I originally told you that, like, hey, I'm going to take a step back and go part-time because I'm going to go manage the Anytime Fitness. I remember I told you, I was like, I'm going to use this as a stepping stone or to get my foot in the door of actually owning my own facility. So I always, it was about that time that I think I was like, well, I want to own a gym. That's just something that I want to do. Luckily, your guys' industry, the summon industry, something that I've always loved, you know, helping people, the the science behind it and everything like that has always just been something that just interests me. That's one thing we appreciate about you this whole time is that even though we knew you were moving on, you always did stick with us. And when we needed some shifts or sale days or Black Fridays, you said, hey, you knew because you had goals. You wanted to save money. You've always been very good at budgeting. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember talking to you a lot about that. That, that always stuck out is that you you, you saved because you had a goal. Of, you want to talk about that vision and how you how you came about saving money for the, for the business? Yeah. Getting the business started was actually kind of tough. Um, just because going to the, the bank and being a 23-year-old kid at the time asking for I think I started out with asking for a hundred thousand dollar loan. Yeah, from good the luck, bank. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I always tell people to this day, I wrote a fifteen page business plan. It was one of the craziest things I've ever done in my life. And uh, going to the bank, <laughs> we, would we have a zero page? I don't. I think we had to write like a brief synopsis. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Definitely it was a page. Fifteen page. Oh yeah, it was full blown. Wow. I had like projections, like what my goals were, everything like that. And I remember going. It was just. It took forever at the bank. And I was like, what the heck's going on? And then finally, luckily enough, like, I can't thank, like, my mom, my stepdad, obviously my dad, and then my grandparents for, like, everything they've done for me. Um, my grandma was like, hey, I can lend you some of the money. So she's like, well, how much money do you need? And I was like, I think I can make it worth about $80,000, you know, with equipment and renovations and stuff like that. She goes, I can get you $40,000. She goes, you want the whole? She goes, I can get you the whole. And I was like, grandma, I'm not sure about that. That's a lot of money to pay you back. Um so I was like, let's go with 40. I'll go back to the bank and ask them for the other 40. And it was like, as soon as I cut that number to 40, it was, they were like, okay, here, you know? So that's pretty impressive that you completely started a complete gym operation on 80 grand. Do you feel like that budget was enough or do you, did you regret it and want more after you opened? It was just enough. I'm telling you, I remember looking at my bank account because my dad, as you guys know, is carpenter. He helped me do a full renovation. So I was giving him the card, the good lows and stuff like this. And I remember looking at my bank account a week before we opened. I had $112 left in my <laughs> 80 grand. <laughs> how funny how that happens. Yeah. So I told my dad, I was like, hey, no more. No more. We, we got I need to start bringing money in. We ain't yeah. gotten, uh, we, we've got nothing left. So I think for what I did at the time, it was just the perfect amount of money. Um, luck, obviously, I saved a bunch of money by doing the renovation with my dad. And he and I doing everything. 
So, you know, labor and everything like that, that saved me a ton of money. But as far as equipment goes and everything like that, I think I did great because it just allowed me once I got open to save up more money to buy more stuff and, you know, to kind of work with the space I had and stuff like that. That's good. Yeah. Well, what Jeff and I were talking about in one of the original podcasts was, I mean, we opened on 30 grand and obviously a lot different of a business. We were doing supplements and we started with very low inventory, but we were talking about how, even though it wasn't enough I mean, it was enough. It got us started, but it wasn't the ideal amount to really start out as well as we could have. We did talk about how that lower amount kind of taught us to operate in a more lean manner. You know, if you don't have access to all the working capital, it can kind of train you to operate more lean and be a little smarter in business with your finances. So that could be a positive you pulled from it. Come on down. Come on. No, we just wanted to get started. And welcoming to the station just a tad minute late is... Our favorite Jordan Shaw. That's right. So moving on. So what else we want to ask him? So one of the memories that comes up to me is my favorite picture is that picture that you took in Andover on our first real busy Black Friday. And thank you for taking that because it is my all time favorite picture that hopefully we can upload that one so people can see. Tell me about that. It was just you and Tanner working. It was Tanner and I working. That day did not start out good. I remember I missed my alarm and I text Tanner and I was like, dude, I'm running behind. And I was like, it's Black Friday. This is important. I think there was like Bill Wiggins was there at the store helping, thankfully. And I think Huck may have been there. He may mm-hmm. have been at the e-store. But, yeah, we did not abide by letting people in, you know, a few at a time. It was we opened up the door, started giving people tickets or whatever it was that we were doing for the first X amount of people coming in. And it all of a sudden it was just like I remember just looking up and just seeing a swarm of people. Yeah. And, like, and this is a 1,000 square foot store, probably that. 800 square foot floor area yeah. most awkward store so like for those ever. of you who can't see this that aren't listening on youtube it is a picture of like 60 people inside a store with two employees what made you decide to take the picture uh, i think of, you were you were going around you were like take a picture of the line outside i'm like there's no line outside because uh, everyone's inside, inside. <laughs> yeah so i think that was the first year we decided like hey if we have this many people waiting outside to come in the door probably shouldn't just open the doors and oh, let yeah. everybody flood in mm-hmm. so we started kind of a system on black friday we'll do kind of a one in one out, let five to 10 people in the store at one time. So we don't have, you know, when you only have three to four employees with against 20 to 30 people, it's, it's, it's not very. How many products you think were stolen that morning? <laughs> oh, I don't know what to guess. <laughs> Bill Wiggins is back there freaking That's on the hunt. We yeah. had a little bit of help. I didn't never see that one. I'll have to look up Bill there. I, I just remember not that. moving from the register to like 1230 in the afternoon. It was what like. Year? Was that 2016? 2016 or 17. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I remember that first probably year we, 16, we did because that's the end of 16. So probably yeah, we did those uh, like a numbered tickets mm-hmm. that we gave out tickets to everybody. And it's like you had to have your ticket to your free product that first year. Yeah. It was like the first 30 or whatever it was. So honestly, being with us five years, does anything stick out that you learned a little Maybe Did you learn anything? Did you learned something not to do from supplement world that you translated to your, your gym? Oh, yeah, I learned, learned a ton. I remember, the, I mean, the first time I met Dustin, he, I think the first thing he said to me was he introduced himself to me and was, you know, tell me, he's like, hey, I know how things were at Complete Nutrition. They were all big on sales and this and that. He goes, to me, every person is not worth a $300 ticket. They're worth $100,000 to us. So you've got to provide that experience to have these people coming back month in and month out. And for me, that's one of the biggest things was like we – Whenever I was here, we preached on the wow experience and, you know, with our customers, you know, showing them that we care, that we want to help them and everything like that. And that was the big thing that translated for me 
over to even whenever I was working at Anytime Fitness with the members there. And then and then I think that that translated over to whenever I opened up my own gym across the street from Anytime Fitness to all those members coming with me was because I was able to, you know, you greet people by their name when they come in, you, you have conversations with them, you know this, you know that. I mean, yeah. even to this day, Savannah, my wife, is like, I'll pull, we'll pull up to the gym. I'll be like, oh, so-and-so is here. She's like, how do you know these people by their cars? I'm like, you just, they're our clients. Like, we, you need to know everything about them. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, you, you, you grow a relationship with them, and, you know, that's, that's what holds retention in all yeah. honesty. Well, so. especially right in the beginning, the early stages of a business, like you have to have those relationships mm-hmm. with your customers yeah. where it's tricky as you grow and you get bigger and you expand, it's harder to still have that same personal touch. Yeah. I mean, if you opened up three or four gyms across the Wichita area and you're all over the place, you're not going to have that same connection with every single customer because you just can't duplicate yourself that much. Mm-hmm. And there is a personal touch that people, they like knowing the owner of the business. I mean, there's how many people, how many customers do we have because they knew you guys, how many people come to your gym because yeah. they know you personally. So that's that personal touch that it is tricky as you get bigger. It's, it's hard to keep that, but you have to train your staff to, you know, take ownership and accomplish the same goal that you were set out to in the very beginning. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I think that says a lot about you too, as, as an owner operator, really making that personal connection because I feel like a lot of people in this, you know, in this craze world with everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, it's this lifestyle thing. And they think, Oh, I can own a business and open something up and kind of sit back in the back and kick my feet up on the desk. And I mean, that's just not how it works at all. Especially when you're first starting out, you have to have that passion. You have to want to help people and and you have to be hands-on. So, I mean, I think that's saying a lot about you with what you're doing. What was that feeling like when you finally decided? I think that I mean, they, I'm sure you guys can attest to this too, but as a business owner, the hardest thing is pulling the trigger and taking that first step and actually doing it. And there's people that talk about businesses and stuff all the time, but to actually do it is a completely different thing. How nerve wracking was that final decision? Or do you just like, you knew this is what you're going to like, no, this is, this is how it's going to be. This is going to work out. Um, I think my situation is a little bit different because I was working at a, a facility already, like right across the street from where my gym is now. Um, I'd seen my facility going downhill, not from my performance, but from the ownership performance. Because I was so owned when you say my, you mean anytime. Yeah, when you any, were at anytime. Okay. Yeah, whenever I was at anytime. From the ownership performance, for instance, the guy who owned owned those facilities is in federal prison now. You know, he was running into issues with money. I mean, and it sucked for me because this franchise owner, he never came to the facility. I think whenever I was there for almost two years, I think he was maybe in my gym with me for a total of thirty minutes, and it's just like when customer or clients would come in and stuff would be broken treadmills would be messed up and it's like i can't do a whole lot about it so i think for me is i kind of had this this leverage you know i remember telling my mom i was like hey i think i'm gonna open up a gym there's a space across the street it'll work perfectly for me um i'm just gonna shoot i mean all these people they know me they trust me they like me i'm gonna bank on a lot of these members coming with me and i'm i was like uh, you know, as bad as it sounds, like I kind of got an upper hand. I can just start telling these people, hey, this is what's going on. Like, I'm going to open up a gym, you know, so on and so forth. Like, if you want to come, I promise that, you know, being owned by me is going to be a lot better than the ownership you guys are experiencing right now, you know, as far as equipment and everything like that and goes. You, yeah, and you can get away with that because it wasn't being ran right. And you mm-hmm. were, they was being done a disservice to those members. Whereas if things would have been running real smooth and great, it wouldn't have been right of you as an employee yeah, to say that. Exactly. But if you're not handling your business, that's going to happen. So. 
Well, you took advantage of an opportunity that was in front of you. Yeah, exactly. It's and like if, if you had a great relationship with your franchise owner, he was making sure you were taken care of, all the customers were happy. Would you have had, would you think you would have still had that same train of thought to want to go open your own gym across the street? Probably not. Okay. I liked the owner as a person. I loved working for him. He's a super cool guy. He was just into some some sketchy stuff of, that I found out towards the end of me working there, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to get out. I almost bought that specific gym from him just because he was trying to get, he was like, he was trying to sell. He was selling gyms in the area. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just take over. Like I basically run this facility anyway. And then we started talking numbers. And then luckily, thankfully, I had a previous employee of his reach out to me and just sent me like some court papers that were online from oh, some okay. stuff that he'd been involved with. And I so was, I thought you did end up like acquiring his members now. Uh, not like technically. Not I, officially. I, yeah, not yeah. Technically. But you did. I did. Yeah. I was just like, hey, I'm opening up a gym across the street. Right. Um, I think I quit in October. I was like, I'm going to shoot for my opening date to be beginning of the year. And I just, I gave people a heads up. And then, you know, from there, I, you know, I just started adding people on Facebook. Like all these members that I knew personally, I was like, you know, I'm just going to start adding them on Facebook. And then whenever I started the Facebook for the gym, um, you know, obviously I was sharing it. So they were all seeing it. And then, you know, it, it can't, a lot of people came and then luckily the community of Park City is a smaller community. So it, the, the city itself actually did a really good job of kind of like blowing up my grand opening and everything like That's that. That's a good pro so, tip. 2021 guerrilla marketing. Yeah. Facebook. I mean, exactly. Back in the day, that wasn't a thing. So. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about your CrossFit career. I know you've at one time, what were you, the number two fittest guy in Kansas? Is that what you call it? Yeah. Go, go say, to that. I would say. Um, I would say I was at my fittest. I've done CrossFit since I was probably 18. I was super competitive between the years of, like, 2017 to 2019. Uh, you know, it was, like, eat, breathe, sleep, train type of thing, you know. Um, whenever I was running the Anytime Fitness and then working for you guys, it, it honestly made training and you know, preparing like a high performance athlete very easily. Cause I could like track all my meals. I, you know, I could sleep well. I didn't have to get up super early for anything. I mean, I didn't have a super stressful, like strenuous job as far as physically goes and things like that. Um, but I've always loved CrossFit, uh, um, mainly cause it's, it's a mental game. You know, you have to be mentally tough to be able to do certain things. Um, and I think that that's one thing that I have going for me is I'm very mentally tough and you have to be able to suffer and endure, you know, anything, whether it's physically being out of breath or dealing with the stresses of owning a business or something like that, you have to be able to be mind over matter when it comes to that. Um, so speaking of mentally tough, I remember one time asking you, you were probably 23 mm-hmm. and I said, do you drink much? And his answer was, I've never had one drop of alcohol in my entire life. And I'd never heard that from anybody. It, it's your age. So I, I remember thinking that takes a lot because, I mean, you went to high school. You went to college. You I went to a small school. Yeah. That's so, all kids did. Right. Yeah. So tell me how that how that uh, started. It started young age. I had a lot, of respect, or a lot of respect for my mom and dad and stepdad. And I wanted more than anything to make them proud. And growing up, I was very good at sports. So they always saw just being able to see them, like, being proud of me. I mean, you guys know talking to my dad, he always talks about me. He oh, always yeah. does. Um, he tells everyone about me. The same, like, I just never wanted to disappoint them. So... I knew that if I grew up and I was like, well, I'm really good at football. Like, let's go play college football. And luckily, like, my stepdad had been through a lot in his life. 
um, you know, drugs and alcohol, parents issues, things like that. There, he kind of he sat me down one day and was like, "It's not worth it." He's like, "Don't." He's like, "I've done everything." He's like, "It's not worth it." He goes, "You just need to focus on if you want to do this, you need to focus solely on that." And from that, I mean, you can ask my mom. I'd be senior year of high school, sitting on the couch watching TV with them. You know, while all my friends are all driving the back roads, getting drunk, smoking weed, all this and that. And, you know. Did so, you feel like you were missing out ever? No, my best friend was a huge pothead. For instance, like he was, I. I never had the temptation to that. I just, that's called not being a follower. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It's just, I never had the issues with it. I luckily like being from a small school and being like considered, I guess a jock. I never, no one ever gave me flack for it, you know, but I just, it was something I just grew up and hadn't really no interest in. And, you know, I've seen what it can do to people and things like that and kids growing up and stuff. So I was just like, it ain't worth it to me. I used to say is there really isn't much good come from alcohol. <laughs> Pretty much nothing except meeting somebody the first time, there being you go, able to yeah. talk. But no, I really think that's a good pro tip too for like parents. If you think that you know setting expectations, and mm-hmm. you're you're a good uh, you know example of that that you didn't want to let them down, and so that's yeah. just good to know. And my parents they weren't overbearing of it, right? Ever. Like, Obviously, they if they would have like, been, it hey, could go the don't opposite. Don't do this. Don't do that. I think one time I came home from hanging out with my buddies and. You know, they were all drinking. She, my mom pulled me. She was like, smell my breath. And I was like, what do you want from me? I was like, you know me better. Come on. Yeah. You know, so. Smell I, up. Yeah. yeah. Smell all the Cheetos. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got accused by, we had a student coach my senior year of high school. I don't know. He had something out for me, I think. He was an odd kid. He tried to be a lot tougher than what he was. But I was walking to football practice down the hall one time, my senior year of high school. And this guy pulls me aside and he's like, I wasn't in town for five minutes. And he stopped at like the little convenience store. And he's like, someone said they saw you coming out of a house with a big bag of drugs. And I like looked at him. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? And I mean, I was just, I was livid. You know, I was super mad. I was like, don't accuse me and like scold me for something. Uh, right. uh, and I think it was at the time was one of the weekends. I'd come up and see my dad on the weekends because he lived up here. I was like, you don't want even in town. Let alone run around with a bag of drugs. Yeah. I was like, who'd you hear this from? And I just remember... You know, I told my parents and I told my coaches, and I was like, this guy is, like, he's not cool. Like, I don't want him – like, I'm the leader of this football team. I'm, it's my senior year. I'm quarterback. Like, get this guy out of here. And he set him straight, and he came up to me, and he apologized. And I was like, I don't know where you get all this nonsense from. So, Well, it's probably even more offensive, the fact that you'd never touched any of it. No, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah being accused like, of it, it's just probably annoying. Yeah, that's – I just think you're a great example of what a, a good – teammate and boy should be too is like listen we know we're not going to have all of you here with us at supplement world forever maybe one or two of you but be the best you can be while you're here and it's going to help you in the future and that's when like with you guys having some troubles with employees i just i don't understand i'm like if you don't cause troubles with these guys like i've worked with them for five freaking years i've known like i've worked under worked for you for seven years basically like i'm just like if you guys don't have cause issues with them like I've never had an issue with any of you. Say it louder. I like this. <laughs> I've yeah, never had. Yeah, yeah I've never. Yeah, everyone to hear this. You one. know, and obviously, obviously, some of the former employees are going to hear this, but it's just like I, you know, I whenever you know someone would come and rant to me, and I'd go home and I'd tell Savannah, I'm like, Savannah, I've worked with these guys forever. You know, I've like I've never had an issue with them. If they they got onto me for some reason, you just take it with a grain of salt and you go on with your life. Like it's right. it's part of being an employee to someone else, you know, right. You guys are, if you can't get along with us as an employee, then there's tough. probably very few jobs that you can get along with your superiors and your Seriously. bosses. I yeah. mean, like Jeff said, yeah. I mean, I think you're just a great example of, you know, 
we know everybody isn't going to last forever and everybody's not going to make it a career, but if you give it your all and you try to at least learn some of the lessons that we try to provide and some of the culture and some of the dynamic, then you can take that and potentially use it in whatever you do next. In your case, you opened up a business. And I mean, I think from what you've said, at least took a few things out of working for a supplement world, you know, into your business. hundred percent. Yeah. We've had two uh, employees that have left for other opportunities in the last couple of weeks. And both of them had said like, man, like I'm so, like, I know I wasn't here very long, but I'm so thankful that I was here. I learned so much from you guys in the small period of time was here. Like even one of the guys, uh, Ricky, that is, just left us, he, in his interview for some marketing uh, job for, was it Chick-fil-A? He related back like what we preach all the time. Like customer service is a huge thing. You got to, you know, have this amazing experience for your customers. And that's what build retention. He's like, I use all the stuff you guys talk about in my interview. So that that's a very positive thing to hear. I mean, obviously it's upsetting to, to lose people, but it's one of those deals. If someone's walking away for an opportunity that's better for their future and they learn something, they were here. I mean, I, I can't ask for anything more than that. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, when you approached me that day, when you sat down in my office and told me like, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to be weaning back a little bit from the job. I think I might do my own thing. I mean, you probably didn't know what to expect to hear from me. If I'd be pissed that you were leaving, obviously like Jordan said, you never want to lose great guys and you were always a great guy. So I never wanted to lose you. But at the same time, I couldn't help but being be super excited for you because that's what you want to see. I mean, you want to see the guys under you do well and not only do well for you, but if, you know, if they ever leave, go on to do other great things. So, I mean, yeah, I was super proud and stoked and I still am. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about where your location is. Name of the, I mean, I think we said in polls and. Yep. Um, so I own, obviously I own two gyms now. Um, I've opened my first one at the beginning of 2020 um, in Park City. So uh, like I said, I, I, up there right now, I have a monopoly, thankfully. I mean, you've got some YMCA's, Planet Fitnesses, but it, it's a drive. Um, so thankfully I have a monopoly. And then, but the being a smaller community, I, I liked it. It kind of, it reminds me a lot of back home. There's not a lot of things I like to remember. Where's back home? Kiowa, Kansas. Um, small, small town. There's not a lot of things I do love and remember about Kiowa, but it, that small town community feel is definitely one of them. Um, you know, I like to, you know, be one with the community and to do whatever I can to help the community because they will do the same for me. Um, and then my wife and I, we purchased another gym in Bel Air. Um, Tribe? Yep, Tribe okay. Fitness. It was an existing business already. That That's that business has been a roller coaster for us so far. Uh, we love we love the members. They're loyal members. I mean, we're talking members that have been with the previous owner for 15 years. Oh, wow. They're loyal. They're great members. They the ones that did come and switch over for us have been amazing. Um, no complaints. They they love the change. They they're loyal to each other. Um, it's it's a tribe is what it is. And you know, whenever I opened up the gyms, my big thing was community aspects. You know, I wanted people to be able to come in and enjoy exercising. I didn't want exercising to be something that um, was a burden on anyone. And if you don't enjoy where you work out and who you work out with, you're not going to do it. Um, so that's one thing with our our new facility that a lot of people, they, they've just been with each other for a long time. Um, like I said, that's been a roller coaster. That gym is, we're still, we're still growing it, trying to get it where it's going. Is that um, more boot camp style? Yep, it's class okay. style. We do more classes there, personal training, um, things like that. It was a... Originally, like a kickboxing facility, um, Savannah and I kind of converted it over into more of a strength and conditioning facility, and we, we think it's helped a lot of the members, especially some of the older members. Um, yeah. You know, I have my views on different styles of training and things like that. Um, 
I'm not going to get into that and everything <laughs> like that. So um, come on, let's ruffle some feathers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but it, it's a good change. We've had no complaints about it. Um, the members they they know that we're not growing to we're not to the point to where we want to be yet. So that they do everything they can to help us. Um, and you know, this is honestly. I've liked this gym, even though it's not like, let's say per se, making me the money I wanted to make me. Uh, it's, it's been nice to actually have to like fight, you know, think of ways to make money to market, to do all that stuff. Because, and honestly, like Park City, like I start off with, I mean, my lower, my overhead's low. It's me. It's me, some rent, some bills, you know. So whenever I start off Park City, like, I mean, it was just kind of, I was in the green from the get-go essentially. So yeah. now, if, you know, starting out, you know, with this facility in particular, we were promised a lot whenever we bought the, the business. We were promised, hey, you're going to have this many members, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, cut that number in quarter. Mm. I start out not making any money. We're finally to the point now to where we're kind of like breaking even per se. Luckily, our facility up in Park City does phenomenal for us. Um, but it has led me into educating myself in more ways than others, you know, of running a business. Um, you know, I you know, kind of going back to the CrossFit thing is like, I had to put that part of my life on hold. I remember right before I opened up my Park City gym, I got an invitation to a huge competition. I worked my butt off to get invited to this huge competition. I mean, you're competing with some of the top guys out in Miami, Florida. I'd been in the competition a couple years prior, uh, competing in some lower levels, but I'd finally gotten myself to the point to where I was competing with some, some big name athletes now. And I, I know, for instance, like in the CrossFit realm, there's like the CrossFit games is like the head, the fittest of the fit. And I have a screenshot on my phone of a leaderboard of me being a guy who's now like one of the top dogs in CrossFit. You know, obviously that was 45 years ago. But um, to me, like I remember getting an invite. It was like, hey, you've made it. You're, you know, top 60 of, you know, 3,000 people in the United States and all over the world that have competed for this specific um, category. And I had to, I remember sitting there and I, you know, sitting down, talking to my mom, um, talking to my dad. And it was tough because I was like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for me to actually go and compete with these guys. And I'm going to get my butt kicked. These dudes do this for, for a living, you know, but I was just doing it for fun. And, you know, it was, Comp- gym was opening January, competition's February. Um, I just told myself there's no way I could compete at a, or train at a high level and then compete at a high le- high enough level to make it worth my time. Like, I would I would hate taking the spot away from someone else who got there and not compete at the level I want to. So, um, ultimately, I, I remember I still have the email that I emailed the lady back after she told me I'd been invited to tell her that this is what's going on. I'm opening up my first gym. Um, I'm gonna have to cancel my or decline my invite to you guys. Let you guys move it down to the next person and go from there. So it was it was tough, you know, coming from athlete to transforming into well, you can't just work out all the time. Now you've got to run a business. Mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah, that's a great story. That's yeah. Did not know that. That's yeah. really cool. And I think that attests a lot to just sacrifice in general. I mean, especially if you're going into business and you're opening your own thing, you got to learn to sacrifice stuff. And that's just yeah, that's yeah. one example for you. Well, your priorities change. Big yeah, time. seriously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you got it all on the line for your business. I mean, that's that's your livelihood now. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're super motivated to want to be successful, then, yeah, you're going to put a lot of things on the back burner. 
Yeah. This has been awesome. Uh, it's safe to say you're my favorite guest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not even close. It's going to be tough. No, close. I'm being serious, though. But in all honesty, it's been... Well, Peyton, you are the man, dude. Super proud of you. I mean, you're an inspiration not only to us, but everybody listening. So tell us real quick, where can people find you and your business on social, website? Yeah, you can search my two gyms, uh, the one in Park City, Impulse Fitness. You can find that on Facebook, Google, um, Instagram, we're not crazy big on that, but we're starting to get there. And then Tribe Fitness, same thing. Google, we just launched a new website, so be careful if you're typing in your information. You may get some messages from you, from me. Hmm. Um, only good ones. Oh, the only good ones. Only me trying to help you out. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Facebook with Tribe as well. Cool. Um, so we'll tag you guys on our social media as well. Perfect. Awesome. That. Well, Peyton, you've been awesome, dude. Thank you so much. So glad for you to be our first guest on the Subworld yeah, Show. Heck yeah. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.